This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience Power Up Thursdays episode with myself, Adam Strong. Today is a little bit different, actually, in terms of our show. And the reason why it's different is because I wanted to put this show together because this is a tribute show for a guy that I highly respect, a guy called Tony Shea. And Tony uh, essentially grew a business built on the concept of happiness, right? And I really kind of want to share some insights about what I learned as an entrepreneur and how I ingrain that into my own business, that maybe you can take some of those strategies and some of those key points into your own business, because there's a lot of great, not collaboration, but there's, there's a lot of relation between happiness, customer service, and what makes you unique and different. So Tony essentially wrote a book in, I believe it was 2010, called Delivering Happiness. And it was one of the very first books that I actually read. You know, and it was all about building a company culture. So if you're interested in running a successful business, if you want to be profitable as well as focus on purpose and customer service and things like that, then, then the book is for you, essentially. It's only a, a small book. It was a New York Times bestselling book. And just for the background of people that don't know who Tony is, Tony is essentially a, uh, a Harvard graduate. He graduated in computer science. He uh, jumped on what they call the dot-com craze as such back in the, uh, back in the 90s. And he created a, a company called Link Exchange, which is all around internet advertising. And back in, I believe it was 1999, he sold that company to Microsoft for $265 million, only at the age of 24. So, you know, that was him and his business partner. He sold that. And then he invested in a startup company called Online. It was, it was an online shoe company at the time, complete startup company. And, decide, and even though he had no experience in e-commerce, no experience in essentially shoes or have a passion for shoes, he decided to invest in a startup company. And then this was then renamed to a company called Zappos, which you may or may have heard of. Zappos, which is the Spanish meaning for shoes, essentially, right? And I suppose what was really interesting about Zappos is that essentially if you applied for a job at Zappos, okay, before they were got acquired by Amazon, which I'll tell you in a, in a bit, before they got uh, acquired is they offered their employees or people that were in kind of what I call a trial basis. Uh, they offered uh, employees to quit. You know, if they were in their trial period, two to 3000 us dollars to quit. And it was completely unconventional in terms of how, I suppose, how a company 
wanted to attract the right types of people because they knew that if they was to attract the wrong types of people, it would cost them money. And Tony experienced this actually when he had Link Exchange and he grew way too quickly, way too soon. And he had the wrong types of people in the company and they just basically wanted to make money and retire early, right? That was, that was their analogy and things. So he wanted to create a company which was completely a different culture, which was built around happiness. So what was really interesting is that he essentially connect and said, well, making profits, you can, you can make profits as well as have good customer service and deliver happiness. And he found that they all three of them came in hand in hand. And you can still have these profitable companies. You can still look after investors and shareholders as well as look after, as well as going above and beyond what's expected of you. So what were the, some of the lessons that I learned as an entrepreneur and as a business owner from delivering happiness and also Tony Shea? So first one was, this is a really interesting number one lesson that I, re- which, was, which really kind of stuck out on me when I first read this about six or seven years ago, which was, to discover what your ultimate purpose what is or passionate. What are you passionate about in life? What is you passionate about your business? That essentially gives you your ultimate goal. And, and, and it's okay if you haven't found that passion in life. It's okay because you may be in a time where you might be, just be experimenting and you, you're testing new things. You're trying new things out to find out what that passion is. But that's good because what you're doing is you're trying and testing new things. Okay. And then you're eliminating caused by what I call caused by elimination, which will then ultimately help you find your destiny or the goal that would lead you to uh, true happiness and fulfillment. You need to decide on one of two things. Number one, you need to decide on if you're going to stop to chase the money. Okay. Or are you going to start chasing your passion? Because people that chase the money are normally the people that are not surrounded with abundance. They're not surrounded with successful people. People that chase the money, especially in times that we're in right now, okay, they don't have high-level relationships. They don't build trust and understanding. They they jump the gun too quickly. So you have to decide for yourself if you are going to continue to chase the money or you're going to essentially chase your passion. So that's the first one. It's interesting because I've tried many new things, especially in my own business, in order to find clarity. And and again, it was it, it it took me about 18 months to really find my true purpose and my true clarity. It really took about 18 months to around two years. And of course, you go through that journey of frustration, of kind of, you know, I spent I suppose really kind of testing your you know, limiting beliefs start to kick in and you start to sort of have a, a, a Q&A session between yourself and decide and think to yourself, you know, is this for me? Am I doing the right thing? And you start to doubt yourself. But that's all about kind of entrepreneurship, right? That, that is what entrepreneurship is all around. So I suppose the first lessons, I suppose. The second one was life is a marathon, right? Like running a business is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And again, as I mentioned to you, Tony had a company called Link Exchange, and he he essentially grew the company way too fast. And he noticed this when he got to about 100 employees. He didn't even know what their names was. They didn't know who they, he was. They 
had different values. They had different, they wasn't singing off the same hymn note. They were just basically hiring because they wanted to, because they needed the people, but they were hiring for the wrong reasons. So fast growth, even though as exciting as it can potentially be with investments coming in, with new clients and customers coming in, the new orders coming in or whatever it might be, I want you to be conscious of what I call hyper growth, all right? Because, you know, there's a, a really good uh, example of WeWork, for example, which is a really good example. For the benefit of the people that don't know who WeWork are, they are essentially a co-working space, which is funded by a variety of investors, venture capitalists, and angel investors, essentially, okay? What happened is that they they grew way too quickly. So when they went to float on the, on the stock exchange, their valuation was expert. They weren't hitting anywhere near the numbers. And actually, if you look at WeWork today, today's, and, and it was a real big lesson for people of WeWork because even though they went into hyper growth, essentially, they had to close businesses down. They couldn't sustain it because the business itself was just not making enough money in order to sustain its outgoings. So it's about balancing the book. So, but WeWork is a really interesting analogy of this. The other thing as well is that if you grow too quickly, the people around you or surrounding you, they may not be aligned to your vision. They may not be aligned to be part of the culture that you want to grow essentially. So, and a really good example of this actually is that when it came to recruitment, and some of you may or may not know, but I actually started off in McDonald's. That was my first real job at the age of 16. And one of the things that we used to do at McDonald's, I got promoted extremely quickly in the ranks. By the, by the time I was 21, I was running a store, had 71 staff turning over 9 million pounds of business. But one of the things that I did as a boss is that every week we would have what they call an orientation. So on a Tuesday evening, we'd have an orientation where we'd invite people who would wanted to apply to come to McDonald's and uh, essentially, you know, run this orientation. And, you know, we'd have some fun. We'd put on some games. We'd see how people interact. We'd give them some tasks. And when it came to the interviews, rather than kind of what a lot of companies would do is that they would then use other people within the company. But I wanted to be part of the recruitment side of things so that we're actually recruiting the right types of people that set in the team so that there is, so that there's cohesion rather than kind of conflict. And that's what you kind of want. And that was one of the, one of the things that I did in my first real job as such. <laughs> Number three is the success of your, uh, your, of your company is closely tied to your culture essentially your culture is your brand you know because if, you, if your culture is your brand then you've got your employees which are what i call brand ambassadors they live and breathe breathe your brand you know and your employees have got to share this passion and this purpose and you know they've got to live and breathe your core values and make sure that they're aligned to how you want things to go and, and also it's also around connectiveness you know if people are connected and they and you want to, and you what you want to do is you want to create what I call a tribe, a tribe of happy, fulfilling, purpose-driven employees that essentially sing off the same hymn note. Because when you go through times of toughness, for example, right, we've all got to pull together in order to what I call survive, right? And thrive. Okay. And that's what it's always best to do something together rather than alone. Number four, always be learning. And I say this to each and every single one of you guys. And so I'm so proud that each and every single one of you turn up on a weekly basis, on a twice weekly basis, actually, and listen to my podcast. 
I don't do these podcasts for me. I do these podcasts for you so that you can learn, so that you can take your, to your teachings and your learnings to new levels, so that you can learn from people that are successful, so that you can learn some new skills, so that you can take your life and your business to the next level. It's entirely up to you how you show up, all right? So, in, and here's the thing, even with your employees, if you have employees as well, make them feel empowered because if you make them feel empowered, right? They feel they have control. When they have control, they feel like they're kind of singing off this and they take more ownership of what they do on a daily basis, right? Really, really important. Number five, choose one thing that your company should focus on and that you what 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 you really want to be good at. So for example, with Tony and his company, it was all built around customer service. Okay creating the wow customer service. So if I create a wow customer service, not just for customers as such, but essentially also our employees, for example. So his thing was all around happiness and purpose. Okay, what's one thing that you're really, really good at? And to focus, don't delegate it out because what Tony did actually is when it came to the logistics part, he tried to outsource the logistics part of delivering the shoes to customers. The big problem was that because he wasn't managing the logistics part of it, a lot of orders weren't turning up. They were getting missed. Uh, the company's lost. The company lost a lot of money because they outsourced and they couldn't keep up, and the demands were too much for them. So, whatever you're good at, focus and take it. And make sure that you you. Make sure that you focus on your strengths rather than delegate stuff that, you know, in Tony's case, it was a really costly mistake as an example, right? So never outsource the one thing that your company is really good at. Really, really important. Number six, just build trust with not just your employees, but build trust with your clients and your customers. Because if you build trust and you deliver well, then guess what? You, they're going to tell three to five other people about their wow experience, right? And I'm sure that you've been to a restaurant, you've had a, you've been to a hotel or you've been on holiday and you've come back and they've, and people have asked you, you know, how was it? And you tell your experience about how it was. And the likely chances is, is that then that person that you're speaking to, they've then got a, a seed at the back of their head thinking, wow, uh, this sounds like a great place to go. Maybe I should book a holiday. Maybe I should go and do that myself to experience what they experienced, okay? So build trust, which is really, really important. And number seven, which is the last one, have a vision of higher purpose or you know, become more than what you're just kind of selling in terms of products and services and and, you know, and, and what you specialize in. Okay. So for example, with Tony and his company Zappos is that he offered free shipping and returns, right? And that created this wow experience. And I want to share another great example of this. I was working with a client and based on the strategies that Tony had taught me in his book around the whole kind of experience of wow, I was working with a, a company in Sweden that were creating or selling, should we say, eco-friendly housing. So they were made out of Italian stone and the product was absolutely amazing, right? And her big problem was, is that she was just herself and she was basically managing subcontractors to do the construction, to do the building and 
the big problem is that they were missing deadlines a lot of a lot of the time and when you miss deadlines essentially you're going to you're going to piss a lot of people off, right? You're going to upset a lot of customers. They're going to go elsewhere and they're going to tell 10 other people about that bad experience, right? So I said, one of the things that we needed to establish was is that we needed to create something for customers where they didn't feel like they were being ignored, uh, that needed someone to listen to, and they needed someone that was going to be their port of call because the business owner just they had, she had too much to do and and she couldn't juggle so many so many things she was fighting fires every day so one of the positions that we created for our company was the was the director of wow okay we created the director of wow why do we create the director of wow it's very very simple because if you create a director of wow it's not just about customer service. It's about creating a wow experience. Now, you've experienced wow experiences, I'm sure, on, on a couple of occasions in your life or on a few occasions. Think about it. What is it that you felt in that moment? What is it that, that they did to create that wow experience? And so what we did is we, is we advertised the job as director of wow. Okay, We interviewed a number of candidates, we got the right person that fit the co company culture and the values. And she literally looked after those, uh, those customers, went back to them and to find out what exactly she could do in order to help them so that we could bring the conflict down. But more importantly, we could go above and beyond and deliver the promise as is expected. And it was extremely successful. It's a, again, this is something that I teach a lot of my clients is creating this kind of wow experience, you know, and how is it that you're unique and you're different from your customer, uh, from your competition? Because if you don't have that differentiating factor, then, that, then your customers and your prospects and your clients are going to go elsewhere. They're going to find a better experience. They're going to find a better product, a better service, and they're going to feel like someone else understands their problems rather than you. So I hope that kind of gives you some perspective. So those are the kind of seven lessons that I learned from delivering happiness book. If you haven't, by the way, I'm not on commission, but if you, I would highly recommend you go out on Amazon and go buy that book. It was, uh, Zappos itself was sold uh, for $1.2 billion, by the way, um, a few years ago. Uh, it was acquired by Amazon uh, by, for $1.2 billion, which is absolutely insane, of course. Uh, but in summary, company culture, customer service, you know, essentially are critical in running a successful business. They're absolutely critical. But ultimately, you know, we're all human beings, people that we're all human beings, and we all strive towards happiness. We all want happiness in our life. So what are you doing, guys, to create happiness in your business? What are you doing to create wow experience in your business? What are you doing to be the differentiating factor in your core industry? Love to know what you're working on right now. Love to know, so get some feedback from this episode. Feel free to you know tag me on social media, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whichever medium that you prefer. And make sure that you listen and share this episode to other people because it is so needed in times like this. So I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. I certainly have thoroughly enjoyed your company and your listening. And we'll see you on the next Game Changers Experience. Take care. See you soon. Hey, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights 
and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.